Okay. Yes. So, the number one thing I want to eat when we get to Paris, baby. To Gay Paris, yes. To Gay Paris. I want to have tartare. Obviously, you will not be partaking with me. I mean, I guess it depends on the tartare. I would like a beef tartare. Okay, well then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I had have said horse, would you be on board? No. I don't I, know. I just feel like they can make a tartare. Of... They can make a tartare out of anything. I feel like a mushroom tartare would be incredible. Yes. Mm. Quite nice. Mm. That would probably be delicious. What am I most excited for? I don't know. Just cheese. Yeah. Always cheese. I was asked to smuggle cheese back by my one of my French <laughs> uh, colleagues. You've blown your spot. Now you can't do it. They're going to search us. I already wasn't going to. I'm not checking the bag, so. That's fair. They'd find out. He was like, no, no, you just walk right through. You just walk right through. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. He's like, I just didn't tell them. I was like, I just. I'm sorry, but that's the Frenchest response that I've ever heard. So French. His friend is was visiting from France and brought like, I want to say like 10 kilos, but that sounds insane. That sounds absolutely fucking crazy. Maybe it was five. That still sounds like a lot. Yes, it was. I know. And I was like, huh. but could I also eat five kilos of cheese in like two a days? A day. Five days? A kilo a day is a very respectable amount of cheese. I think so. I don't really have a concept of what. No one. How much it is. No one. There's no way of knowing. It's impossible. It's impossible. Anyway, um, cheese. Cheese. I'm really excited for our first like coffee and croissant moment. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to have pate of any sort. Yes. And. Bread. Yeah, bread. Just like anything, really. A nice salad nichoise would be good. Mm. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about all I'm, like, the, the, that's it. You know, oh, and fucking desserts, man. Like, I just oh. want to eat all the desserts. Yeah, just, like, pastries, a mousse. Mm, a mousse, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof, oof, oof. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I just want to eat everything in sight. Yeah, Can you get just... there? Nom, 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 nom. That was good. It's just an eating and drinking trip. That's it. That's all we're here for. I don't know what anyone else would do when they travel. People who, like, don't like food, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you all doing? Like, I'm sure I've told you about this, but Nico made chicken the other day for himself. He got a plain chicken breast, raw, chopped it into pieces, put it on a baking sheet, shoved it in the oven, brought it out, looked like chicken jerky, Ew. and ate it. And was like, wasn't good. It's like, a fucking course it wasn't, bitch. Have you heard of salt and pepper? Ah, oh, people. Like, truly insane. I, I just can't imagine. It's unfathomable. Like, I want everything that everything I eat to be delicious. I want every minute of my day to be delicious. <laughs> exactly. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Thank you. Ugh, truly. Just constantly have like a beverage or snack. Beverginos. Just always a beverageino. Ugh, indeed. So, yeah. But I think that that is why we are the hosts of Pantry Staples. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods. I am Marika. And I'm Emily. And that's why we host this podcast and not that other Nico does not. <laughs> oh, poor baby. Um, so today, I've been keeping you in the dark. I don't know why. The reveal is probably going to be very boring. No, but... I'm so excited. <laughs> the anticipation is killing me. Um, I feel like my episode today is like a little bit off theme technically but i think it still counts because it is like definitely a classic restaurant dish mm. but like you know when you get an idea in your head it's the only thing you can think yeah, about 100 this morning i was like trying to look up things and i was like no just like classic restaurant dishes and i only had one word circling in my head scampy 
So <laughs> today that's not at all where I thought you were going with nope. this. I had zero clue actually. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought chowder. Like that would have made sense, but all I could think was shrimp scampi. I love that. It's the only more. thing. My brain was just like, no. We have to do it. It's shrimp time. It's triumphs. <laughs> uh, oh my god, sorry, note. So I went to a deli today to get a, a sandwich before, or after my haircut, but before I tell my mom. Lovely. Because I had 10 minutes before my Uber arrived, and I was like, Aussie's a Tawasin throwback. If we ever do cultural exchange in Tawasin, we'll have to go there. Much because I have beef with that bitch, because she always talks. <laughs> she got so mad and threatened to tow my car, because that's where I'd park, because it's Aussie's right next to the Dairy Queen. And... I couldn't, mm. parking lot is a nightmare there. I could only park in one spot because you know I'm bad at parking. And I had to park there. And then she yelled at me. It was a whole thing. But I finally got over it enough to eat a sandwich there. Anyways, their menu, it just like lists different sandwiches. And one of them just says shrimps. And it fucking kills me. I love it. Shrimps, plural. Yeah. It brings me so much joy. It brings me so much joy. Like, no one is walking around thinking one shrimp on a sandwich. That seems legit. Okay, sure. Go for it. Shrimps. Shrimps. Shrimp, shrimp, shrimp. <laughs> think, think, funk. As I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, shrimp scampi. What are your initial thoughts? What comes to mind when you Honestly, think of this dish? I'm going to tell you something really embarrassing. I'm Please. not 100% sure what it is. Okay, so that's fine. Because mm-hmm. from my research, a, a lot of people feel that way. Even though it's something that's like so like in the cultural zeitgeist. Yes. Like, for me, it seems like it's linked to, like, 80s and 90s sitcoms. Like, 100%. Like, I don't know why. And I looked today to see if, like, there's, like, got to be, like, a shrimp scampi Seinfeld episode. And I don't think that there is. That's weird. But it's, like, I don't know. Like, the context of, like, coming back from, like, a restaurant scene and there's, like, some kind of, like, she ate the last shrimp, Jerry. Like, yeah, that seems very on brand. I don't know. Um, okay, okay so, I'm sorry, Elbow. So, I, I know the tangents. No, but Tangent the, City. Like, the... Whatever that late night show is where they read mean tweets, the celebrities read the mean tweets, and there's the one about Julia Louise Dreyfus where she's like, it's that bitch from Seinfeld, the show about white people who live in New York and eat pickles and shit. And for whatever reason, that's all I could think about the entire time. Like, as soon as you said Seinfeld, that's all I could think of. Pickles and shit. Pickles and shit. Nice. Yes. Thank you. Um, no. Well, I mean, they don't eat scampi. That's a shame. Trage. Um, okay, so you- Does Monica make scampi? I mean, probably. Hmm. I don't think we hear about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So what do hmm. you, okay, what do you, if you had to guess based on, like, your understanding from, like, cultural. I feel like it's, like, seasoned shrimps. And I assume there's cheese. Okay. Like, what seasonings? I don't know. Like, oregano. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know this is a bad guess, no. but literally when I'm thinking of shrimp scampi, all I can picture in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think I've never had it because in my mind I'm like. This is a bullshit 80s dish. <laughs> um, is like little teeny shrimps. Like little teeny. Like baby, like the peeled, like ones that like grossly go on like a seafood salad. Yes, exactly. Like oh, those ones. Those. Uh, well, I'm getting from your reaction that this is incorrect, but that's what I assume it is. Mm-hmm. With like tossing like garlic and oil and like fucking herbs and shit. And then, like, baked into, like, a bunch of cheese until it forms, like, a crust. And then that's what they get. Um, I love it. I love it. I feel like, honestly, I really want that now that I've said it out loud. I just, those baby shrimps are so gross to me. They are so gross. I love it. I love it. Um, no. Okay, so, basically, like, 
again, there's many different recipes and we'll kind of get into it. But I think when most people think of shrimp scampi, it's like j big like jumbo shrimps, mm. oregano, garlic. Mm. So I basically had it. Yeah, like white wine. Sometimes they're breaded, so it's like a popcorn kind of a shrimp situation. I think that's why I'm thinking about like the cheese baking and yeah. that way. Anyways. And then I think usually it's like in like most people think it automatically comes with pasta. But that is not the case. Yeah. That was another thing. I was like, is this a pasta dish? But I don't feel like it is. I also can't stop thinking about schnitzel now. Because I associate those things as being like the same. Interesting. I know they're not. No. But like I feel like they're two sides of one coin. It's interesting. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to schnitzel a little yeah. bit. Okay. So, yes. The shrimp scampi that we see in restaurants today, although like not really because it's... That we saw in the 90s. That we saw in the 90s. Is obviously a riff on a riff. <laughs> a riff on a riff on a riff. Um, I read so many truly dreadful, like borderline illiterate aggregate articles for this research. It was like, like there's this one line about this one like cookbook author that I'm going to get to that was like full, like copy and pasted onto like five different articles. And I was like, this is like so egregious. And it's not Ugh. like, it's like a basic line where you're like, okay, like that's fine to copy and paste. Cause that's like the information. It's like, mm. No. I love that. And so many things where it's like, this is so unverified, so I don't know. Anyway, there's no verifiable origin. The path to the scampi seems to start in Italy. Mm -hmm. Possibly That's, Genoa? Do you mean pastely Genoa? <laughs> pastely. Um, yes, so possibly Genoa around the 14th century, although... Meh. Um, and at that time it would have been like a very basic, just seafood dish. Like it's, yeah, there's not really anything written about that, that they're just like, yeah, sure. Like, that seems like scampi. A place. scampi, it's got garlic oil, maybe some white wine. The first written scampi like recipe appears in the art of cookery made plain and easy. Published Aww. in 1747 by Hannah Glass. I feel like we've read her before. We've definitely read her. And so I'm going to say that she is like the Martha Stewart of 18th century England. I love that. But the quote about her that I kept reading in every single thing was she was a domestic goddess, the Georgian Nigella Lawson. And I'm like, this is such a specific and ridiculous. That's so funny. Like. I love that. Like, I'm sorry, Nigella. But you and your Mikarawaves are not. <laughs> I have beef with all of the Food Network chefs. I have. She's not even. She's not Food Network. You're thinking of Giada. Oh my God, you're right. I am. Oh my God. She's worse. So bad. <laughs> no, all of like any celebrity chef, I've decided I have now beef with every single one. They're of them. done. They're all of them canceled. Yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I also, though, Fired. still love the Food Network, and I will still watch the shows when that I can. Alex versus America show fucking kills. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love her so much. She seems like such a right cunt. In, like, a fun way, though. Oh, my God. 100% a fun way. Her and Guy Fieri, the only ones that I'll love. Guy Fieri is genuinely the only person <laughs> that I trust. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how Kim Kardashian's going to be president, right? <laughs> Yes, you remind me every episode. I do. Uh, I'm just getting us ready for this reality. I want you to be prepared for a world where that happens. But if there had to be a celebrity that I could pick to be the president of the United States of America, and I know you're thinking, 
weird that you're not picking Beyonce. Because I thought about it, but I feel like Beyonce is more of a behind-the-scenes kind of lady. Uh-huh. Guy Fury is exactly who I want in charge. I think he supports local businesses. He takes care of small town, like, economics. I mean... He's concerned about food, flavor, health. He just wants the best for us. You know, President Flavortown. (laughs) President Flavortown is a man whose cabinet I would gladly serve in. As long as, like, he's surrounded by very good advisors, I could support this. I, don't I think, think he'd be like a good us. bridging a gap kind of a... That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think he did what everyone wanted Trump to do. Oh. <laughs> well. Okay. Edit that out. I've, nope, it's in. <laughs> um, okay, so Hannah Glass. Okay. Uh, her recipe to grill shrimps. And this, oh, this is the other thing. that There's a bunch of things I was reading and they're like, yeah, this is the original shrimp scampi. We are all taking it. It's a classic British recipe. And I'm like... What? Okay. The British are obsessed with making it theirs. I know. Okay. So, to grill shrimps. Shrimps. Season them with capital S salt and capital P pepper. Ooh. And shred parsley. Butter. Scallops shells well. So I think de-shell them. Okay. Add some grated bread and let them stew for half an hour. Brown them with a hot iron and serve them up. That sounds good. I mean, it's it not sounds particularly fun. creative, but it no. sounds good. It's like a basic shrimps. Um, so yes. So the only reason that I will maybe allow these British aggregator aggregators mm-hmm. that the claim that shrimp scampi is originally an English dish and the Italian name is purely incidental is <laughs> the fact that shrimp scampi itself is a misnomer. Oh. Scampi is actually an Italian word for lobster or langoustine. So shrimp lobster. It's literally shrimp. Shrimp lobster. Yes. Shrimp lobster. Shrimp's lobsters. Wow. Yes. Huh. So both the Italian version, like the possibly Genoese 14th century, and definitely the Hannah Glass dish would have actually used langoustines, also called Norwegian lobsters, which are found in the Mediterranean and the Northern Atlantic. Instead of shrimps? Yeah, they didn't have, like, prawns or, like, what we oh. see. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, so they're, like... I love langoustines. Yeah, they're, like, little baby lobsters, right? Oof, or good. Yeah. So good. So, yes, langoustines. Mm. Um, it's thought that the dish we know today became called shrimp scampi when Italian immigrants arrived in America and tried to make the scampi dishes of their home with whatever American ingredients they could. So they got them shrimps, shrimps. and then they're like, it's a shrimp version of a scampi. scampi. yes. Oh, I love that. And then scampi just came to mean like a style of preparation rather than like the specific shellfish. Oh, I love that. I know, it's so fun. And like, so by the same, like this logic, you could make veal scampi or scallop scampi <laughs> or I don't know, tofu scampi. Oh. I love this. I think okay. It's fun. And I think it's like a really fun evolution, like kind of like. Mm. And it seems to be something that's like very particularly common to Italian American foods. Like we've got like the veal, chicken, eggplant, parmesan, the parmesanification. Yep. 
with salt and boca you can use piccata is another mm-hmm. one where it's and those are all actually do mean like the style more than yeah thing but it's that like that's sort of the that's so cool huh mm-hmm. just in general american italian cuisine is wild i know Ugh. so classic english dish no <laughs> the hannah glass recipe i think does not contain garlic, which is to me like the key element. You need the garlic for you a scampi. You need a garlic. Yeah. Well, I just feel like in general, anything like Italian or pseudo Italian, the garlic. Yeah, and I just feel like otherwise it's boring. Yeah. The garlic know. is delicious. Garlic is integral. So back to the Italian immigrants in America, who I'm gonna say this the this is just a case. The Hannah one and this is like just kind of parallel mm. cooking with yeah. shrimpsies. Shrimps. That happened to technically be called scampi because it's the, you know. Yeah. So, what do we know about life for Italian immigrants, newcomers, in the early 19th century in America? Not a fun time, I don't think. Frankly, a pretty bad one, as we've talked about on this podcast, like, a lot. Did they have a bad time like the Irish? Yes. Like, worse. They're... Because... Even worse than the Irish? Well, like... Yeah, like, the level of, like, racism and xenophobia, when, like, Irish people are literally not considered white, like, what does that make an Italian to, like, an Anglo-Saxon, like... So dark. Literally. Uh, Ew. uh, (laughs) Which we've covered before, and, like, we don't, like, we know, it's all, it's all the bads. Um, And so because of all of this racism, xenophobia, the being kind of forced into like the ghettos you have your little italy's the like insular nature of the community develops yeah so italian or italian american food and restaurants you know now they're so entrenched in everything that we think about like american food is like Mm. pasta pizza exactly um it's difficult to imagine that in the early days there weren't very many italian restaurants and if they were they were only patronized by italians yeah so wild in the late 19th century, most restaurants in the U.S. were serving German food. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, there were the beer halls and, like, schnitzel. schnitzel. I told houses. you. Told you we'd bring it back. Yeah. And then, like, I guess maybe, like, French, like, fancy French stuff. Like, Escoffier was mm. up on his bullshit. Mm. The exception, apparently, was mac and cheese or macaroni au gratin. Which would have... If you just give it a French name, it's fine. And that was, like, very popular in, like, the fancy restaurants in the 19th century. Trash. So it's, like, yeah, it's tenuous Italian origins would have been considered a safe toe-dipping into the... Oh, into the exotic dish on the menu. A little bit, (laughs) yeah. Oh, my God, that's so strange. Because Italian cuisine was considered... Like, we talk a lot about how, like, our parents were just like, oh yeah, like the first time I tried pizza, it was like crazy. Yeah. But so that's like one level where Italian food wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. But in the 1800s, it was seen as not only exotic, but like even dangerous. Wow. Yeah. It was treated the way like many Asian cuisines were in like the 90s, 2000s, even still now, mm. where you would partake in Italian food out of a sense of adventure rather than, like, actual, like, culinary enjoyment. They're like, hey, like, hey, Chris, should we go and try this new Italian place? Like, I dare you. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly, like, bohemians. Yeah. What a world, hey? I know. 
There's nothing, like, not that, like, you you know I'm a slut from my pasta. Of course. But, like, the idea of that being adventurous food is, like, no, I'm just going to carb load until I pass out. Right, but do you want to know why they thought it was so dangerous? Was it because of all the garlic? Yes. What? Really? <laughs> yes. So, like, this was, like, that was all the thinking, that's the 1800s. And this is still going into the 20s, where you can see writings by nutritionists and social workers. <laughs> who are describing the dangers of Italian food, warning the delicate American palates about how spicy and garlicky it was. Oh my and god. I'm sorry, white people, like, the British, they went and found all the spices and then just decided not to fucking use them. Like, no more. No oh more. Oh my god. And then, and like, of course, is this just like racism but yeah but then they were also saying that because the spice in the garlic was going to increase cravings for alcohol oh which was like very inflammatory because this is the 20s it's prohibition interesting and also again racist like painting this caricature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. Mm-hmm. oh uh, my goodness yeah it's crazy what a world hey like just, I guess we can get through anything. <laughs> yeah, if we've managed to eat all this garlic, we can do it all. I love garlic. It's Okay, I know this is a controversial take. Every single time there's a Caesar salad at work and people are like... We say it every time. There's we said so it much sh- garlic. Said it in our Caesar salad episode. It's like, no, bitch, all the garlic. Listeners of this podcast and my life will know that I had a garlic birthday party. Incredible. My favorite thing about you, frankly. Thanks. I should probably bring it back. Oh my god, should you have themed birthday, like food-themed birthdays every year for the next, like, ten years? Yes. Just forever? What would this year's theme be? Like, what food? What ingredient, I should say? I don't know. Hmm. What would be fun? Capers. (sighs) Maybe I'll just do garlic, because I think it'll be, like, the 20-year... Was I turning nine when I had my garlic birthday? Might have been. That's a good idea. 20-year garlic... Birthday reunion. <laughs> I love that. What would mine be? Mm. I feel like lemons. Oh, I love. Yeah. Delicious. And like the decor would be very fun, I think. Mm, mm-hmm. And like my greatest tragedy of my birthday is that it's in Jan... <laughs> I am on another tangent. Uh, is that it's in January and all I ever wanted was for my birthday to have like a Mad Hatter tea party theme with like a whole bunch of like flowers and a whole bunch of mismatched tea party like cups and saucers and stuff. You can still do that inside. There's also so many like tea party places. Mm. There's literally one by my house. It's the Neverland tea place. Yes. I'm over it. Of course. Um, no, I wanted to host it like in a backyard. Like I wanted it to feel whimsical and not like I had to get out off my table in a two hour turn time. Also, unfortunately, Global has purchased all the fake flowers in the entire country, so there's no way to get any. Oh my goodness. I will make this a thing. <sighs> Alright. I have like one more page of things. So okay, I have, I'm sorry. I'm I'll getting stop. into stuff. Okay, okay, okay. So yes. We've gotten back to this. Garlic. She's safe. She's safe. It's fine. Um, and so the neat, but then even though Italian food is obviously like Americanized, it's beloved, it's very much part of our culture, there are still class distinctions. And Northern Italian food continues to be viewed as more prestigious. Mm. Like the risottos, the like wintry. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why Scampi claims to originate from Genoa, which is closer to the north. 
Interesting. That's just my own little conspiratorial things. Um, it's so weird that it's the northern Italian food that's seen as more like... People just hate that they have such nice weather and are having such a good time in Italy. I know. Well, it's the, it's the same... It's such a tired stereotype. It's like, it's the south. It's hot. They're lazy. Why? <sighs> it's because... It's because the north's probably... It's like closer to France. Yeah, It's closer I mean, to like... All of these Swiss. I feel like also closer to truffles, which bitches have such a hard on for. That's true. And like, I get all these reasons, but it's also just like, you're stupid. Nobody makes better food than people near fresh, warm water, seafood. Delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What more do you want? Well, I want to talk about shrimp. Shrimp. You mean the shrimps? I want to talk about shrimps because Americans fucking love shrimp. They do. According to a 2008 report by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Americans eat approximately 16.1 pounds of seafood per capita per year. That's not that much. And 4.6 pounds of that is shrimp. Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) Ew. So that's, yeah. If you were an American, you'd eat almost 5 pounds of shrimp per year. I am going to have to start weighing all the food that I eat and just so that I can understand exactly how much, like, per, like, I need to know if I'm eating more than 16 pounds of shrimp or seafood, I should say. I feel like you probably are. I feel like I eat a lot of shrimp, actually. Mm-hmm. I love shrimp. Prong cocktail? Ooh, fuck me, that's good. Mm-mm-mm. I love a ceviche, too, and that's all the prawns. And... All the shrimps. Well, the problem with consuming around 1.3 billion pounds of one type of small shellfish is that it's very easy to... Um... Depopulate? Yes. Mm. Yes. So... That's fun. Wild shrimp caught in the Gulf of Mexico used to be enough to satisfy America's need for scampi, but nowadays 90% of shrimp are imported from farms in India, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, etc. Yeah. And as with most cheap imported food products, there are some problems. And of course, the caveat to this is like whenever I read anyone, it's kind of like, like any of the stats or articles with anti-import sentiments, I have to like read them with one eye, kind of like, because mm. there's always like some lurking racism there, or that fucking documentary about the fish. I know the underlying. There's like agendas. Like, was this article written by like a San Francisco shrimp farmer? Yeah, I mean, but was it that guy from Bubba Gump? Probably. <laughs> it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's Tom Hanks, and he's all mad about it. So, I don't know, but of course, like, with the, no matter, even if the farming practices and everything actually is okay in these Thai, Vietnamese, Indonesian shrimps, um, whenever you're importing something from long distances, it's going to be taxing on the environment because of fuel expenditures, of course. pollution, like that. So, yes, that is definitely like. That is a very fair argument. That's The rest of it is incredibly problematic, I feel. It's very problematic, and it's like, but there's also like. And I'm also sure there's truth to it. Yeah. And like, you know, when you're eating a, f- a food that is like a bottom feeder, it's a filter gross. feeder, and you're farming from a place where, I don't know, like pesticides, there's dirty oceans, dirty water, antibiotic use. There's also some concerning reports from 2015 about like basically slave labor in mm. Thai shrimp peeling shreds, sheds where migrant workers and children were working under horrific conditions. 
There's also a 2013 report of workers being held captive at sea for years and being forced to work brutal shrimp jobs. That's so horrible. I know. Like, holy fuck. But also, like, are we interrogating... You can't get off this boat. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're locked up just peeling shrimp. But also, like, have we investigated... North American fishing practices. This is the thing. And, like, working conditions. Cause... And, like, it's so easy to just be like, Asian countries just do not know how to treat their staff. They are so disrespectful. There is slavery over there. My God, Martha, have you heard? I love this character. Thank you. Um, But, like, bitch, we seen the avocado farmers ain't living their best life. Like, nope. this is the thing about any product that gets too popular is, like, we're not set up to sustainably deal with this. And so we... Do the quick and dirty way of doing it. Capitalism is the devil. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And, yeah, like, Blake used to work on prawn boats in his youth. I always forget this fact. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. And was, yeah, it's the kind of, like, boom. It was the prawn boom in, like, the mid-2000s. That's so funny. Early, late 90s. Yeah. Packing shrimp. Tramps. Packing the shrimps into, like, little cases, making them all nice, shipping them off to Japan. Wild. Do we have a picture of Blake on a shrimping boat? (gasps) Ugh, I don't know. I would love to find one. I will ask. Thank you. Because I need to see that. I think that's very funny. I know. Just, ugh. Living on a boat like that. I don't really believe anyone should live at sea. What about your theory that we... Like recognizes like and we want to be by the water. Oh, 100%. We all want to be by the water. We don't want to be in the water all the time. Okay. I don't believe we should live anywhere where you can't get to a home sense. I don't want to live anywhere that you can't get to a home sense. And, like, I don't want to sound like a North American white woman, but, like... (laughs) Too late. Yeah, of course it's too late. This entire podcast is North American white women. But, like... It's not even that I want to go to HomeSense. It's what the HomeSense represents, you know? It's like how I kind of don't really feel like I could ever live in Kamloops or Kelowna because I don't know if there's a HomeSense up there. How do they get the goods? It's so far away. They're all imported from Thailand and Vietnam. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, we have a port here. Where is the port in the interior? They drive them. It's insane. Trains! It's insane. Trains are a thing. I just, like, don't believe that anyone should live too far away from a port, I think is what I mean. That's fine. I agree. I also don't think that anyone should just live far away from the ocean. Like, people who just live by lakes or in plains, it's horrifying. Nope. Nope. Not about that life. I'm an elitist. It's fine. Obviously. Mm. Well, shrimps. Sorry that they're so sad. So and delicious. Yeah, is shrimp scampi actually translated as tears of the fallen uh, Fall. shrimp farmers? Fallen shrimp farmers. I don't know. I do want to make like a halloumi scampi. Ooh, I think that, that would be delicious. Really good. Because as much as I think like a tofu scampi, no, just I think you need something like to like absorb the fat. Yeah. Mhm. Mm. So yeah. Okay. Well, I'm into scampi, that. Scampi, scampi, or just like asparagus, broccoli. I mean, it's literally just like. Butter, garlic, and, like, herbs and wine. That's the sound a shrimp makes. Poor shrimps. Poor shrimps. (laughs) Okay, well, this was very good. Thank you for telling me about shrimp scampi. Thank you for listening to the weird recesses of my brain. Um, Absolutely any time. Yeah, you should probably follow us on Pantry Staples Pod, which is our Instagram 
You could rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your foes. Tell them. Just call them up. Be like, hey, this is a podcast that I listen to. And I hate it, so you should listen to <laughs> Click. Um, no, lock them into a room with this podcast playing as a form of torture for your foes. Trap them at sea where their only job is to peel shrimp and listen to this podcast. Oh, no. The worst thing I can think of. <laughs> oh, the cackling would just be... Truly unmanageable. <laughs> it's the Wicked Witch of the West End over here. All right, goodbye. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs>